Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. Well, as a church, we've been on a journey um, of a few different series in the past months. And uh, I'm excited because Jono set me up really nicely. So I'm literally using all of his scriptures he used last week. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll be fresh. It'll be new. I didn't just use his notes. Um, but here's the journey we've been on. Um, we've, been, we've been talking about living free, surrendered our lives to Jesus in the way that he lives. And here's one of the lines that we took from that series. It was the way of Jesus wedded to the truth of Jesus equals the life of Jesus. And then we moved into a series over the summer called The Life in the Spirit. And how as we do that, as we start living in his ways, we know we're free because of what God's done. It's not in our own selves, which makes us truly free. And then we actually see that what God wants to produce out of us is the spirit of all of these fruits that are not meant for us, but meant for others. Then we moved into our series that we just finished, which was called Enemies of the Soul. And here's why we taught on that. Because of what I'm going to teach today. Because there's actually an enemy... And we talked about three that wants to take you out because of the purpose and the plan that God has on your life. Because if you actually live in the purpose and the plan that he has for your life, God's kingdom has moved forward and more people experience his love through your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Pastor John last week started this series off, and it's called The Plan, and if you missed it, I want you to go back. You can listen on uh, podcasting or YouTube, but um, I'm just going to touch a little bit about what he, touch a little bit on what he talked about, and um, he said uh, that the mystery is revealed. A lot of us are trying to find in our life, you know, what, what, is, what is the plan for my life, and last week, Pastor Jono showed us that it's literally actually clear. It's revealed. It's not something you have to go searching for. It's actually been laid out in the open for you. And here in Ephesians 3, it says, The plan for us is not hidden, not a mystery, but it's open and ready for us to jump into. The Holy Spirit is empowering us with inner strength. And he talked about how the Holy Spirit, a lot of times we think, is just about the peace and the comfort but it's also about the inner strength and power to live out what he's called us to do on this earth. And so um, he makes his home in us. These are just a few of the things. And then as we experience and become more aware of practicing the presence of God and experiencing his love, it makes us strong and full of the power at work in us to accomplish his plan through our lives. And that's where Pastor Jono finished off last week. And here's what the homework was that he gave us. 
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands how many did the homework, but here at Evolve, we actually believe that, um, that our relationship with God goes more than just Sundays. And so it actually takes our own deep heart work um, outside of Sundays to actually grow every day. And so here's the homework. He said Matthew 4, 18 to 20, Luke 4, 16 to 21, Matthew 8, or no, Matthew 28, and John 14, 15 to 31. And he said, I want you to read them. I forget actually even how many times he said we're supposed to read them. Every day. Well, I failed. <laughs> Don't tell him he's not here. This is the online service though, so he will find out. His wife did not obey the homework rules. All right, so we're not about legalism here either at Evolve. <laughs> There's no condemnation here at Evolve. Um, come on, we're, all, we're safe here. This is a safe room. Um, okay, so seriously, um, I, did, I did read it though, okay, because that's what I'm teaching on today. Um, <laughs> Okay, so here's, here's what we're going to do. This is, like, I, this is a very different message for me because I am using these, these, um, these like, passages, and so we're going to hammer through them. If you're like, wow, they like Bible here at Evolve. Yes, he gave us a lot of scripture to walk through. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it through. All right, we're going to start actually in Luke 4, 16 to 21. And we're going to read it together. Uh, it should be on the screens, and there, get, there it is. Um, okay, so it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. All right, let's just... We're going to just take each little chunk, and then we're just going to like, hey, I'm sure you wrote your own notes of what you saw in your own homework, but I'm going to just like write, just shotgun you with a few things that I noticed here. It says, um, if you read a little bit before these verses, which I know wasn't in the homework, I just tend to do that a little bit just to get a little bit more context. But it says, um, just before this moment, Jesus was actually in the wilderness and it actually talked about him being filled with the Spirit, going into the wilderness, to then have a battle with the devil. And then he walked out of that moment, and it says again, he was filled with the Spirit. So the devil didn't take all his power. He actually got amped up and was like, hey, I actually just grew a little bit of confidence. And I want you to take a look at this. Because this is actually what we can do. The things that Jesus did is actually the things that we actually get to do. And so look at how the Spirit used him, filled him, and then he battled, came back out, and now he's going to his hometown, which if you've ever been to your hometown, who's gone to a, fam like a, a high school reunion? And coming back into those places where sometimes you, you go back to what it felt like to be a teenager... And you are insecure, and it's rough, and, and, and all those moments come flooding back to you. And then here he is, 
going back to his hometown where they just think he's like the boy they grew up with. But he has just had a moment where he knows who his God is. He's just seen the devil flee and is filled with the Holy Spirit. So he walks into that synagogue and reads and declares who he is with confidence, with boldness, and literally is like, mic drop, walks off the stage. This is who I am. This is why I came. I just found out more of this while I was in the wilderness. Bam. Done. The Spirit being on him anointed him. And here we see Jesus talking about the Spirit being on him and anointing him to go and do what he was about to do. A powerful picture of pre-written words that were now coming to pass. That he was stepping into with confidence. Jesus was the same as us. And a lot of times in our minds, we can think, yeah, but he was God. And he was, but he was fully human. And the picture that we see here is really important. Because God was because Jesus was fully human, we see actually how the presence of God works. It works through the Holy Spirit anointing a human. And then fills up and releases to go and change the world. Sometimes in our minds we can actually write off that this is, you know, this is this is for Jesus. But he was fully human with the anointing of the Spirit on him, which gave him the power to walk out what he was supposed to do. All right, next. You ready for the next one? Those are just a few things. We're going to move on. Jesus calls his disciples. Matthew 4, 18 to 25. It says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. And for they had fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them, come, too. They immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News spread about him, or news about him spread as far as Syria, and, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness and diseases, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed all of them. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea and east of the Jordan River. Here we see another picture of Jesus moving from the confidence into pulling people in to follow him. And we see here um, just, you know, people dropping everything that they had to come and step into following Jesus. 
And one of the, the crazy phrases that they use in, in here is, is, it says, I will show you how to fish for people. I don't know if that sounds too exciting, you know, in, in my mind. I wouldn't have dropped everything to go and fish for people. But this actually meant something. It was actually a really well-known term, um, almost like a, you know, a phrase that we would say like in our culture. Um, back then, it was really well known. And the reason why the disciples really wanted to do this was because it actually meant that Jesus was asking them to become like him, to actually become people that taught other people, to become a great teacher. And that's actually why they literally was like, yes, I want to step in. And you didn't just get asked to be um, like under a rabbi all the time. You didn't get asked to go and become like as famous or as great as this rabbi would have been. And so this was actually a really big moment in, in their world. It's literally why they dropped their careers, their family, and they just wanted to come and spend time with him because they knew that eventually the hopes would be that they would do what he did, that they would become teachers of men, not just of fish. If we were to continue on in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which I know was not in our homework, uh, we would see this process of the disciples coming and learning and sitting with Jesus, see them spending time with him. And, and we don't know, actually know like how long this actually was, but in Matthew 9, um, in between Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and Matthew 8 and 9, he starts teaching them about ways to live, like the Sermon on the Mount, and different pieces of like what it actually meant to live like him, live in like the kingdom way. And we see in, in Matthew 9, he then pulls in another disciple. He adds Matthew. And I wanted to add this one in today because here is Matthew. Um, you know, he pulled in all types of people as his disciples. Matthew was a tax collector, a guy who nobody really liked, who was, um, you know, kind of sketchy. Um, and even just the process of how Jesus picked disciples is important for us to recognize today. So if you're writing yourself off right now, I want you to just look at that Jesus picked all types of people to follow him. It wasn't meant for just an elite or the people that were like, you know, in the synagogues teaching already. It was the tax collectors. It was the all types of people, all types of careers, all types of, of, um, of heart issues. And in process, he called to be his disciples. In Matthew 10, we take some time to actually see that there was a continuing kind of learning and a length of time that passed, which we don't know was, was like maybe four to 10 months to like a year, a process of just sitting and being with Jesus, learning and, and, and watching him heal people and watching him teach and watching him sitting at his, at his feet. And, and, and all of these pieces happen in these sections. They've now got to see him do miracles. They've got to see and watch firsthand as he's literally speaking into people's lives and people are being set free. In this chapter, we actually see that, that there's a practicing and the use of authority and power that they had. 
they actually started in these chapters starting to do the kinds of things that Jesus was doing. So they're learning, they're growing, and now they're starting to do some of the things that Jesus is doing. And then we come and we end with the final commissioning in Matthew 28, 18 to 25. And it says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. And here's a key line. But some of them doubted. Freebie. Jesus doesn't call us because we're perfect or because we don't have doubts. His own disciples had doubts. And then he released them. Moving on, it says Jesus came and told, told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you and be sure to do this. Or be sure of this. I am with you always to the end of age. Guys, we have a great plan and a commissioning. He passes off to the disciples the plan and the mission to the end of the age. And this all happened in a matter of three years. All right, what do we see through all this? Here's some shotguns. Jesus shows by example, how to live in the love and authority and power of the Spirit to share with others God's kingdom life. He calls disciples. We see him spend, we spend time with God to experience his presence for ourselves and then to go out with confidence and power of the Spirit to share. We are called to do what Jesus did and greater. We have all been commissioned with one main plan for our lives. And we will get to work and practice on this for the rest of our lives to the end of the age. Here's my big question for you this morning. Do you see yourself like Jesus? Do you see yourself as a disciple? Or is that just for the Bible kind of stuff? Or was that just for Jesus? Or just for the disciples? Do you see yourself as a disciple and apprentice of Jesus to live and to do what he and the disciples did here now? We are to apprentice and follow Jesus with the goal to live and do what he did. Not just join a Christian religion. Not to just join some sort of community, country, club kind of thing, but to actually step in and do what he did. To actually do the things that they did to tell others about who he was. How many of you guys know doctors, or maybe there's even some sitting here, doctors, we have any doctors in the room? Nurses, electricians, any electricians in the room? Wow, plumbers. We have any plumbers in the room? Electrician? I know you're an electrician. <laughs> Save me up here, come on. All right, we have an electrician, but um, we've got teachers. I know that we have teachers in the room. I know that we have all of these you know, trades. We have so many different pieces. 
But most of the time for these things, um, actually pretty much all the time, you take an a, a apprenticeship program. Am I right? Just nod your head yes. Yes. <sighs> Thank you. Um, there's, there's a process that you take of learning and growing and learning from a teacher, learning from somebody telling you how to do all of the things um, that you need to do to become an electrician. I'm just going to focus on an electrician. Um, and so, so there's this process, but the end result isn't that you stay under an apprentice. The end result is that you become an electrician. That you actually do what you're learning. That you actually put what you're practicing, what you're growing, and what you're learning into real life. And you actually become the most amazing electrician, which you are. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but that is, you know, the thing is that we need to see this as Jesus' process for us. That the process... That we're supposed to, and the things that we're supposed to do, let me just list some of the things that Jesus did. That he's saying, this is on your life. This is why you exist here on the earth. He's, he, he did things like preaching the good news to help the blind to see. And that wasn't just physical blindness. That was actually like being blinded by the world and not being able to see God. Not knowing their purpose. Seeing the kingdom. He taught a new way to live. He healed the sick. He casted out demons, setting people free that were captive. He ate and drank with people far from Jesus. He was peacemaker. He prayed. He prophesied. He stood against religious and world corruption. Guys, we're not meant to just apprentice. These are the things we're meant to do. This is our purpose. The main and only plan God has for all of us is to be with Jesus, become a follower after him, live like he lived, which moves us to do what he did here on earth. What would the world actually look like if we actually lived as disciples? What would your neighborhood look like? What would our workplaces really look like? What would the streets of Edmonton look like if there was healing the sick? If there was praying over people that needed freedom from depression? What would our homes look like? Hope, healing, joy, no more depression, communities full of love and peace, no one ever feeling alone. Patience, purpose, no more suicides. Self-sacrifice, no more rants on the road, putting others first. The kingdom way, the way of Jesus, is life-changing, and our world needs it more than ever before. We know it. We've experienced his love for ourselves. We know that we're here by the very grace of God and don't deserve it. But there's a whole world who needs to know that they are loved just like we are.
there's a plan for you that's unshakable, not based on circumstances, age, restrictions, discriminations. There's a plan and a purpose on your life that when you live it, you feel so full and so in the pocket of why you are alive that you literally almost vibrate because you are literally doing what you were made and created for. If you feel like there's a lack of purpose on your life or you don't know why you exist today, can I just tell you you need to move a little closer to your real true purpose? You will never feel so alive as you pray over somebody who needs healing and they get healed and they experience God's love in an instant. There's four things I want to just close with that I want us to recognize today. And the first one is that Jesus had a leadership and discipleship model. And here's what it is. When I was in Second Cup, we had a, we had a coffee shop, and we used to train our staff with this, this model. And, you know, Jesus, by looking at how he is and how he, he works, this is his model. And it's our, his model for us as his disciples. It's, I do, you watch. I do, you help. I do, I help. And you do, I watch. Where are you in that process with Jesus? Jesus wants to teach you, and the Spirit wants to work with you and get you closer to that purpose and living on where you're supposed to be every single day. And this is the process he uses. In my own personal journey, this ongoing life process is coming close to God and surrendering my everyday. It's working at becoming more aware of his presence so that he leads me into what I'm supposed to do. Practicing and listening and acting on where he leads, sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. I was at um, ball hockey yesterday and I had this moment where I was tired and I just wanted to sit on the bench. You know, parents all surrounded, we're all watching our kids. And I had this, you know, inside struggle and maybe some of you have had it. I should talk to this person. Come on. You've been in a superstore and you walk by somebody and you know you're supposed to walk over and talk to them. You're like, but I'm so busy and I'm gonna be late and I'm, you know, all the things. Where is the spirit wanting to make you more aware of his presence, to feel his love so that you can then share his love? That's discipleship. That's the truth of what's on each, and one, each of us. Number two is we are all at different places in our discipleship journey. So I want you to take the pressure off. This is a lifelong process. You're not going to just like step out tomorrow and be like, let's do this. And maybe you will. But most of us, it's going to be Jesus' discipleship process with us. Lean into his presence. Allow him to teach you. And then step out with him. The anointing and the calling that's on your life. The power 
that has been given to you by having the Holy Spirit a part of you. Number three, scheduled versus unscheduled. Some of these moments, and we're going to talk about this actually next week a little bit more, but moments happen that are scheduled, but most of the time that are unscheduled. So how do we make a little bit more space for the unscheduled moments that God has for us? And number four, our motive is always love, not the signs and wonders. Jesus could have done signs and wonders all the time, but the motive was experiencing God's love to share love with others. And sometimes that love looks different for each person's story. Somebody may need healing to know God's love. Somebody may need you to just stop and pray with them in Superstore. Somebody may need us to step out, roll down a window like my dad would do in the Walmart parking lot and say, hey, how are you doing? I think you need Jesus. And lead them into the prayer right through the windows. He's amazing. In churches, I've seen a lot of us follow and go after the signs and wonders. Let's be a people that learn to walk in the ways of Jesus, draw close to him, be empowered by the Spirit, and then step out and do what he's called us to do. It's less about our careers, our jobs, and the specifics, which we get so hung up on. How many of you are in a season right now where you're not sure what is the next step for you? Maybe a business has closed. Maybe something has ended. Maybe you're a teenager and you're like, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. Here is the purpose that will never change for you. This purpose isn't based on what we do, but how we live in every season, no matter what our life looks like. You will feel fulfilled deep in your soul, no matter what the season is. Draw close to him. And so here it is. The main and only plan God has for us, for us all, is to be with Jesus, spend time with him, get to know him, be loved by him, become a disciple, an apprentice, and a follower after him for the rest of our lives that moves us into doing what he did on, doing what he did here and now on the earth. Not when he comes back, but now. So I want to pray. Would you just close your eyes? There's been such a beautiful sense of God's presence in this room. Through worship and through the music. And, and uh, I just know that when I was praying about this message, that God wants to awaken some of you this morning. He wants to awaken maybe something that's settled and he wants to reawaken it. Or maybe you've never, never heard this before and never knew that this was on your life to actually see and know a real God that loves so clearly and so individually that he speaks to us to then go and impact other people's stories. So God, I just want to give you a moment 
to speak. Where are we at? Where do you see us? What more do you want out of my life? Do I need to just get a little closer to you? Do I need to, to listen and know that I'm empowered by you, anointed, called with such a purpose that nothing compares? God, we just give you, um, would you just seal this moment? God, awaken our hearts with the real true purpose that you have on us to actually live and do the things that you did to bring love to this world like you. I also just want to pray over anybody right now who's maybe um, never made the decision to come to know Jesus. And we want to say this prayer together as a whole church community. And if you never said this prayer, this is the starting point. This is the starting place. Or maybe you're coming back today to a God who loves you. And why don't we just all pray this prayer together? Just repeat after me. Dear God, I ask you to come into my life. Would you forgive me of all I've done wrong? Transform me from the inside out. Thank you for this new life. Help me to learn and grow every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that was you, I just would love for you to fill out a Connect card. And maybe you have a prayer request. Um, maybe you have different things that you want to write on there. Those are on the seats in front of you. And, and the only homework I have for you this week, I'm, I'm taking it easy on you. Because last week was heavy. <laughs> uh, would you take some moments this week just between you and God? Would you spend some time with the Holy Spirit and ask him to speak to you? about where you're at in your discipleship journey? Would you ask him, God, where do you want to take me? Pa practice pausing one time every day this week, one time, in the middle of your day, just one time. Jono said every day. I'm saying one time every day. Practice pausing one time every day this week and invite the Holy Spirit to make you more aware of his leading in that moment. Just pause. God, what, what do you want from me in this moment? How can I be more aware of your presence? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit evolvechurch.com. We hope to see you soon.